with me in your Bibles to John chapter 12, verse 20. On the other side of your announcements are your notes. Put on the top of your notes today's sermon title, which is, Sir, We Would Like to See Jesus. Come on. <laughs> that sounds like a good one, doesn't it? Sir, we would like to see Jesus. John chapter 12 came to me late last night, early this morning while I was in prayer for today. Asking God, God, what do you want me to share with this congregation this morning? Lord, I never take this lightly. What should I share with them? And God placed this scripture on my heart. And I believe today it's, it's not going to be very long. I don't believe I have many points. I, I may be wrong. God may take me all over the Bible because it is such a big subject. But I would rather for this to be, you know, experienced than just to be heard. I would rather for you to know it in your soul than to know it just in your mind. So right on the top of your notes, sir, we would like to see Jesus. Today we're going to talk about the desperation to want to see Jesus. You know, I'm so happy that each one of you have come today and I can look around and see testimonies here. I can see lives that have been changed. And many of you are going to relate to this story today, and I wanted to encourage you. I wanted to, to, to drive you for more. Don't get satisfied. Uh, you can read in the epistles. Take, for example, in First Peter. Peter says to them, I know that you already know these things, but I'm telling them to you so that you'll increase in them more and more and more. Paul even said that to Timothy. He said, Timothy, I know you have a flame inside of you, but keep fanning that flame. Let it burn for Jesus. Amen? Sir, we would like to see Jesus. If you're in John chapter 12, verse 20, somebody say, I'm there. It says, Now there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the feast. They came to Philip, who was from Bethesda in Galilee, with a request. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. Philip went to tell Andrew. Andrew and Philip in turn told Jesus. Jesus replied, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. The man who loves his life will lose it while the man who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. These were Greek people who were not natives to this region. They were at this time in Jerusalem. Jerusalem was now Roman ruled and occupied. If you don't know much about history, let me back up a little bit with you. Moses took the people of Israel out of Egypt as slaves and brought them to the promised land. The promised land is what we know today as modern-day Israel, Palestinian areas, also what it's called in the Middle East. They settled in this land, and this became their home, their country. And they lived there for about 600 years. But after that time period, Israel got conquered by the Babylonians and the Assyrians. And they were taken from their homeland and brought to these other places like Nineveh and Babylon. 
Well, after a certain amount of time, the Persians took over the Babylonian Assyrian Empire, and then the Greeks took over the Persians. Somebody say history. During this time, the Jews began to migrate back to their home of Israel, but it never was their own country. Even though they lived there, it was still owned and occupied by somebody else. Eventually, the Greeks were taken over by the Romans. And so during this time of Jesus, around, you know, 20 A.D., around that time, they are in Jerusalem, and it's Roman-occupied. And so the Bible says that there were Greek people among them that came to worship at the feast. And what this possibly can mean for us is that these were Greek people that had been converted to Judaism. We don't know where they lived. There's Latino people in America today. There was Greek people probably in Jerusalem at that time. We don't know where they came from, even though Greece was still a land, even though it was occupied by Rome. All we know about these people is that they were Greek, so they were foreigners and they came to worship the God of the Jews. What does that show us? It shows us that anybody can come and worship God. It doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, you can worship God. You could have been a millionaire. You, can, you could be a drug dealer. It doesn't matter who you are. Of course, God will change you if you're some of those sinful things. But it shows us here that everybody can serve God because one of the outstanding things we know about the Greeks is that they were pagans. The Greek people worshipped Zeus and Hercules and also Nike was a god. Anybody know that? A lot of gods in the, you know, the Zeus uh, uh, in Greek mythology. A lot of those gods. But we know that these Greeks turned to Judaism. So they're here worshiping the God of the Jews, the Yahweh of the Old Testament, and somehow they heard about Jesus. We don't know how they heard about Jesus. We don't know if somebody told them on the way up to Jerusalem. Maybe they were walking there, and somebody said, Hey, did you hear about the Messiah? He's actually come. And they were like, Maybe no, I have never heard of him. They're like, Yeah, he's actually in Jerusalem. His name is Jesus. You should look for him. I don't know. Maybe... They were in Jerusalem and they had saw the procession that was just uh, talked about in the verses 12 to verse 19 where it says Jesus came in riding on a donkey and they laid out uh, palm branches before him shouting Hosanna. Maybe they were just getting a elote and they saw this big parade coming by and they were like, what's going on? And somebody might have looked over to him going, hey, don't you know this is Jesus of Nazareth. He's the Messiah. But what is most outstanding about these people is not how far they came to get to the Jewish feast. It's not that they themselves believed in the Jewish gods and they came from pagan backgrounds. And it's not so important as how they heard about Jesus. The most important part about these unique people in this story is that they cut right to the chase. They went right to the heart of the matter. They found a disciple, somebody that they knew knew Jesus. And they said to this disciple, Philip from Bethesda, Sir, we would like to see Jesus. I want to know today, is there anybody with that tenacity that would like to walk in this church and say, Sir, I want to see Jesus. Oh, today, if all the people coming to churches would ask their pastors not for the choir to sing another song and not for another homily or a sermon or not for another ditty from the band, but that they would ask every priest and parishioner and pastor and elder, Oh, that we might see Jesus. Jesus. 
Jesus, the, the one, the only, the God-man, the one who walks on water, raises the dead, the one who was with Abraham and Moses and Daniel. Oh, that we would see Jesus, the promised Messiah, the soon-incoming King. He, he says He's going to be our best friend. Send us a comforter and never leave us or forsake us. I want to know, is there anybody like a Greek today that wants to see Jesus? God put that in my heart today for Metro Praise because we can never forget the simple reason of why we're here. We're here to see Jesus. We're not here to try to catch up on yesterday's news and to talk about our favorite sports teams and just to go out and have another meal and go on with life. No, 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 no. We've come here to see Jesus. And oh, what a privilege it must have been to walk the streets that God in man walked in the man Jesus Christ. Oh, today we see Him by the Holy Spirit and we understand that He's poured out His Holy Spirit and where His Holy Spirit, He is here. And, and He can be in all the parts of the world. Oh, but what a joy, what a privilege, what an honor it must have been. Use your imagination of what it must have been like to walk the same roads that Jesus walked. To come to one of the disciples and say, man, I want to see Jesus. And for Philip to say, hey, I know where he is. Come with me. I'm going to show you Jesus. Could you imagine setting your eyes on Jesus for the first time? The Bible says he wasn't a Brad Pitt, Enrique type of a man. He had a normal physique, but the Bible says he was the most compassionate of all men. The Bible says that he was without sin, so he was perfect. He was all loving. The Bible says that when other people were judgmental and damning people to hell, he was stretching out a hand to forgive. Wouldn't it have been awesome just to see him? Come on, just use your imagination. The Bible says that he would have compassion on people that were sick and crippled for 20, 30 years, and he would tell them to get up. He would take demon-possessed men that were naked, running by the tombs, and cast out the demons and put them in their right mind. Wouldn't it be something just to talk to him for a day? Just to have one meeting? I mean, come on, what would you talk to Jesus about? What would you say to Jesus? If you could sit down with Him and talk to Him, what questions would be on your mind? What would you ask Him? These Greek people, they were taking the honor and the privilege they had at that time to come to Jesus. I respect them so much. And I think Metro Praise needs to be like them. We need to take advantage of the time that we're living in right now. We are living in a time where the Holy Spirit brings to us Jesus. And when we get in our services and we're worshiping, and I'll show you some of these scriptures, but take my word for it now. The Bible says when we're worshiping, He comes in the room. He said, when there's two or three of you gathered together, I'm there with you. Oh, that we would see Jesus in this place. He said that I'll never leave you or forsake you. That means when you're on your way to work, you can see Jesus in your car ride. That means when you go through the darkest night of your soul and morning can't come soon enough and you're laying on your carpet wishing that the trouble will pass and you can't eat anything. Oh, that you would see Jesus in the darkest night of your life. Are you listening to me? Because He's that wonderful. 
And you can take time to talk about whatever's on your heart. You can share the dreams of your heart. You can share the things that break your heart. Oh, that we would just see Jesus. Because I guarantee you, when we see Him, it's going to be all right. When we see Jesus, the problems that seem so big now, they're going to seem small in comparison. When we think about all these things that come against us in life, oh, that we would just see Jesus, we could focus again and make it through. How many want to see Jesus? Can you say amen? And then the response that Jesus has is amazing. Jesus responds to them and says, it's my time now to be glorified. You know how amazing this is? Because the Jewish people, though they accepted the Greeks into their religion, did not consider them to be equals. They actually had a name for the non-Jewish people, and they were called Gentiles. Another word for dirty people. How would you like to be called a dirty person? A dirty girl, a dirty boy, a dirty man. How would you like to be called that? That's what they were called, Gentiles. But Jesus gives the revelation right here. And He says the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Today we're going to take communion and remember that death, burial, and resurrection. What Jesus was saying here in other words is that Greek people will be my children just like everybody else. He says right here, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Everybody say many seeds. What is Jesus saying? That if he dies, he can bring many people with him to heaven. He wasn't just a prophet. He wasn't just a good man. He's the Savior of mankind to bring us all to heaven. Moses couldn't bring you to heaven with him. Are you listening? Isaiah couldn't bring you to heaven. Muhammad surely can. Only Jesus can. And now watch this. Listen to Jesus' sentence here, this verse on salvation. Listen to how he describes it. The man who loves his life will lose it. But the man who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. That's a pretty harsh thing to say, isn't it? I mean, come on. I mean, shouldn't we kind of love our life, Jesus? I mean, come on. The Cubs could make it. We should love that, shouldn't we? I mean, really, come on. We should love that. And all the beautiful things of this world. And, you know, it's a wonderful world. Come on. And all the things, the sunshine and, the, you know, the little lake. Hello. We should find so many beautiful things here. But, but look at our Jesus. He says that if we don't hate this life, we cannot find eternal life. Do you know why Jesus is teaching us this? Because when you die, you can't take those wonderful birds with you to heaven. They won't comfort you in hell either. When you die, the Bible says your soul goes to eternity in heaven with Christ Jesus, or it goes to hell to be tormented along with the devil and his angels. And so what Jesus is teaching here, not Joe, not a religious cult, not a, not a crazy church, but Jesus himself. I wish we would just talk about Jesus, what he says, amen? And then you know what's so unique to me is that I wonder if these Greek people were expecting that type of conversation. Conversation. I think a lot of people today want to talk to Jesus, but they aren't ready for Him to talk back. Hello? Sometimes people just want to talk to Jesus about their wish lists and everything they want. And then all of a sudden, while they're asking for their Lexus and mansion and brand new clothes from Armani, they hear Jesus speak back to them, You have to hate your life. I wonder how many people that throws off. Is there anybody here? Maybe that threw you off for a while. 
Well, I thought Jesus was supposed to bless my life, change my life, help me. I thought Jesus was supposed to give me the American dream. But Jesus teaches us that there's something more important than your 80 years here. It's eternal life. And so I want to ask you here today, if Jesus was here talking with you and maybe he started the conversation in a way you weren't comfortable with, because it says that when they tell him that people are asking for him, he just immediately starts talking about this. Are you ready to hear a message like this? Are you ready to receive a message like this? Are all of us here together going to be disciples that say, Amen to this? And then the Bible says, Whoever serves me must follow me. And now look here, the beautiful promise he says, and I'm sure these Greek people got excited because I'm excited when I read it. And where I am, my servant also will be. Isn't that an honor? Jesus says, if you forsake your life, if you follow me, I will not only give you eternal life. Eternal life could maybe be fun just all by itself, living forever, having a lot of joys and pleasures. But Jesus goes one step further. He says, I'll forever be with you. Hello, I would rather have Jesus than streets of gold and angel wings. Hello, I would rather have Jesus be my buddy than a new car and a new house and a mansion in heaven. But the Bible says we actually get both we get eternal life we get the blessings and we get to be with him forever can you say amen Amen. now today i want to ask you a question do you see jesus do you see jesus today now i don't have a make-believe friend named jesus okay i'm not crazy but i do see jesus can i show you how i see jesus today if you want to see can you say amen? amen i want you to turn with me now to ephesians I want you to turn with me to the book of Ephesians, and I want you to see how I see Jesus today. I don't just see the power of God in nature. As some people would say, well, I see God in trees and forests and rivers and mountains. No, 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 no. I'm talking about I see that same Jesus who walked in Galilee in Jerusalem and who talked to these Greek people. I'm talking about the real Jesus. Look with me to Ephesians chapter 1. Look at how I see Jesus and how you can see Him as well. The Bible talks about Jesus saving us by His grace. Start in verse 3. For Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For He chose us in Him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight. In His love He predestined us to be adopted as His sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with His pleasure and will, to the praise of His glorious grace, which He has freely given on us and the one He loves, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that He lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding, and He made known to us the mystery of His will according to His good purpose, which He purposed in Christ to be put in effect when the times who have reached their fullness to bring all things in heaven on earth together under one head even christ listen to verse 11 in him we are also chosen having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will in order that we who were the first to hope in christ my christ might be for the praise of his glory and you also were included in christ when you heard of the word of truth the gospel of your salvation having believed you were marked in him with a seal the promised holy spirit who was a depositing guarantee of our 
inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of His glory. How do I see Jesus? By the Holy Spirit He put inside of me. He washed me with His blood and He put the Holy Spirit inside of me. Have you been born again, my friend? Have you been washed by the blood of Jesus? If you have, the Spirit is inside of you and now you are in Christ. Keep reading and watch how great it begins to get. Verse 15, For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know Him better. How do we know Jesus better? By the spirit of wisdom and revelation. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which He has called you, the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints, and His incom comparable great power for us who believe. The power is like the working of His mighty strength which He exerted in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in heavenly realms. Far above all rule, authority, power, and dominion, every title that can be given not only in the present age but also the one to come. And God placed all things under His feet and appointed Him to be the head over everything to the church for the church which is His body. Listen, the fullness of Him who fills everything in every way. How do we see Christ every day? By the Spirit inside of us. When we called out on the Father, Ephesians 1 says that because Jesus died on the cross, the Father was able to wash away our sins through His blood. And because our heart was cleansed, now the Holy Spirit can live inside of us. And the Holy Spirit, listen y'all, is a deposit promising us that we will see Jesus face to face one day. Sir, we would like to see Jesus. Father, we would like to see your son one day. I'm holding on to my guarantee, but I can't wait to see him. You see, what is the Holy Spirit inside of you? The Holy Spirit inside of you is like when you go to get an apartment. They say, how do we know that you're going to take care of this apartment? How do we know that you're going to come back and pay faithfully every month? You say, I'll give you a deposit. Okay, we'll take the first month's rent. When you give that first month's rent, that is a guarantee that you're going to come back. It's a guarantee that you're going to pay your bills on time. And most importantly, it's a guarantee that you want to be there. When Jesus left this earth, He sent the Holy Holy Spirit. And when we call out on the Father in Jesus' name, He gives us the Holy Spirit. And He says, I'll be back for you. I'm going to pay your bills in the meantime. I'm going to take care of you. And one day I'm going to bring you to me. Hallelujah, somebody. Oh, that we would see Jesus. See Him in the Spirit today. And see Him face to face when we meet Him in eternity. Are you ready to see Jesus? The Bible says that now, now, He not only just gives us that deposit of the Holy Spirit, but through the Holy Spirit, in verse 23, He fills us in every way. Those Greek people came that day and they said to the disciples, we would like to see Jesus. The first challenge I would like to give to anybody here today that doesn't know the Lord, we know where Jesus is. We can bring Him to you. If you just open up your heart and say, I'd like to see Him, we're going to bring Him to you right now. In el nombre Jesucristo, by the Espirito Santo, ahora, come on somebody, we're going to bring it now in Jesus' name. All you've got to do is 
It's just come up here and we'll call on him with you and get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready because he'll come and he'll come like a flood. He'll come like a fire. He might knock you down, make you shake, rattle, and roll. Hallelujah. But you'll know that he's come. Amen. And then for those of us here who say, I've been born again. I've been filled with the Holy Spirit. Let us always, every day, get to know Him more. The Bible says, may the eyes of our heart be enlightened by the spirit of wisdom and revelation. May we know Him more. May we, may we know more about Him. What does Christ Jesus like? What does He not like? What would Jesus do in this circumstance? How would Jesus raise your family? You may not know everything. Well, of course, we wouldn't know everything about Christ's will, but we can get to know Him better by in, in the Holy Spirit in prayer. We can talk to Jesus. Jesus, give me wisdom. Give me revelation. And then we will see Him move. Let us never get tired of seeking after Jesus. All of us. Oh, that we would see Jesus. I want you to turn with me now to Daniel. This will be my last scripture, Lord willing. And then we're just going to pray a little bit today. I know that some here need a healing touch. We're going to pray for healing and believe God for miracles. I forgot to talk about our outreach, you know, the last uh, Friday of the month being Halloween. So make sure you keep remembering that and inviting your friends because we are going to spend those three days, October 31st, November 1st, and November 2nd, those three nights just seeing Jesus. I want to see Jesus heal. Thank you, my brother. I want to see Jesus set free. I want to see Jesus give me another word. I want to hear him talk to me. Oh, that we would see Jesus. Turn with me to Daniel chapter 7. You're going to see what happened when this Old Testament prophet not only had a vision of the Father, but he had a vision of Jesus, and it rocked his world. Do you know that you and I can still see visions of Jesus? Do you know that right now I'm doing a book report on miracles in mosques, a book written by a man named Stuart Robinson, and he's talking about in the Muslim world right now, the number one way that Muslims are converted is through dreams and visions, through supernatural encounters of the Holy Spirit. And do you know that this generation needs that? We need the supernatural power of God. Let there never be a service that we don't see God's supernatural power move. Let there never be a service that we don't pray for the sick and expect healing. Pray for those who and expect demons to get cast out. Pray for the lost and expect them to get saved. Pray for the presence in the Shikaboomba and expect it to come. All of our services should be filled with God's power. Amen? And I want you to see that Daniel had a vision of Jesus. If you're with me in Daniel chapter 7, can you say, I'm there? Look at Daniel 7, verse 13. In my vision at night I looked... And there before me was one like a son of man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, sovereign power. All peoples, nations, and men of every language worshipped him. Show your Jehovah Witness friend that scripture someday. Amen. They worshipped the Son of Man. Glory to God. Show the Muslim that. Show anybody that doesn't believe we should worship Jesus. All peoples, every nation, every tribe, tongue, worship 
built him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away. And his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. Now watch Daniel, who himself was a monotheist. That means he wasn't a Trinitarian. He did not understand the triune nature of God. That is God in three persons. We don't believe in three gods. We believe in one God who is the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Well, Daniel only understood God as the Father. He only knew God the Father. Well, here he sees the Ancient of Days, who is God the Father, but then he sees the Son of Man come. And he might be somewhat familiar with a son of man because sometimes angels are called the son of men or sons of God in the Old Testament. But here's the problem. All of a sudden, this son of man is receiving worship. All people are worshiping him. Now look what Daniel says in verse 15. I, Daniel, was troubled in my spirit and the visions that passed through my mind disturbed me. Daniel was disturbed and bothered by the very fact that, uh-oh, we're going to worship somebody else besides the Father. We're going to start worshiping Jesus. You see, Daniel saw a vision of Jesus and didn't know who he was. These Greek people wanted to see who he was. I want to ask you a question. Who are you? And are you ready for visions of Jesus? Are you going to be shocked and surprised? Will you be disturbed when you see the Lord of glory? Or will you worship Him? Get ready, get ready, get ready, because He's here. And he's coming in a greater way. Oh, that we would see Jesus. I pray that many of you have dreams and visions and they rock your world. That you'll see dreams of Jesus. Visions of Jesus. I saw the glory of God one time in my dream and it just rocked my world. God is magnificent and powerful. He'll show Himself to you. I pray that many of you, all of us actually, begin to study the Word and ask God for wisdom and see Him more in our everyday life. And that we'll all see His power fill us more and more so that people can see Jesus inside of us. Listen to me, my friends. There has to be a difference between us and the Salvation Army and the the Red Cross. We can't just be nice people doing good things. We have to show people that there's a God living inside of us that can change the world. Are you listening? We want more than just, you know, soft motivational messages and just soft times of prayer like wishful thinking. No, we want our church services to have Jesus in them. And when Jesus comes, people get healed. People get set free, saved and delivered and filled with His powerful Holy Spirit. If you want to see Jesus, stand up and say, I want to see you, Lord. Band, come on up here as we begin to raise up our hands. Jesus, we want to see you. Unlike the the Greeks of that time, we do not need a mediator to go before us. We don't need Philip to go get you today. We know that you'll come when we call on your name. And today we draw near to you. You put this message in my heart, O oh God, to be experienced. That God, it wasn't only to be taught, it was to be caught. We want to catch it right now. Come on, come on. I'm not going to force you to want to see Him today. Do you want to? If you do, go for it right now. Press in. Press in in prayer. Press in in worship. Jesus, we want to see You. We want to see you. Oh, we want to see you. Sir, we would like to see Jesus. 
My spirit wants to see you. My eyes of the heart want to be open to grasp you. My body, my mind, my spirit wants to be filled with you. There's a difference between us and the religions of the world. They talk about God. We talk to God. They talk about what God did yesterday and 2,000 years ago. We talk about what God is doing now. They talk about going to God. They talk about going to the church to meet God. We have God inside of us every day. We are His temple. He said, where two or more of you are gathered together, I am there. This church needs to be based on that. Jesus, I want to see You. I want to see You.